kudos to you if you do but i don't think we all wake up every day like ready to get the fuck after it oh, no. and like you know like so incredibly inspired like we do it for like the moments of inspiration that like carry us through our projects and our podcast is still very much a passion project and we're three years deep three years of like blood sweat and tears and like we do it because it fills our cup and because it fulfills us not because we love like you know sending guest confirmations and all of these things and to go into something and not expect to have days that you're very frustrated that you want to quit it would just be silly like you have to understand that you know the good comes with the bad Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. I'm your host, Coco, a.k.a. Cornelia Slunsky. And if you're new here, welcome to the Bougie Bestie community. In today's episode, I'm joined by best friends and business partner, Olivia and Jessica. They met as models, and they were always kind of helping each other out and booking each other for jobs, as that usually happens in the modeling beauty industry. You kind of recommend each other. And then after a while, they became really close, and they started multiple businesses and I was honestly very impressed with their friendship because at this point in my life I'm so cautious with who I let in and also I moved around a lot and it was just more difficult for me to find somebody that I'm like this close to and seeing their friendship and they also met as like quote-unquote adults so I know it's possible actually you know what you can do if you'd like to meet more friends in your town or maybe if you're moving to a new city maybe it's work maybe it's college maybe it's whatever life brings I created this group called bougie besties it's on this app called Geneva and it's like a huge group chat and I created this group because I was getting so many amazing messages from women all over the world and I was like why don't you guys all meet and why don't you guys all become friends because I think that it's hard to find friends as adults and when you do find somebody who you mesh with really well it's so special so i already seen that so many of you found really close friends in the group and that makes me really happy and this episode is about friendship so in this episode we discussed friendships the importance of open communication and putting your ego on the side and just doing what's best for your relationship i mean friendship and understanding what your friend is going through and something they mentioned in the episode that there's a fine line between self-care and self-sabotage which i found very interesting and we're gonna get into that in the conversation okay before we get into it you guys know i like to read your reviews sometimes i forget sometimes i read the same review twice 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 because I should probably just keep track of what I read already or I don't. So yeah, your reviews make me so happy. Please leave a review on Apple, five-star rating. It means the world and it helps the show grow. Okay, this is a beautiful review. The title is She Made Me Write a Review by Nina V717. I love the number seven. Okay, the review goes like this. I have never written a review for a podcast before, so I think that says it all. Coco's podcast has been a huge support to the extent that in whatever little way I could return the favor I wanted to, hence the review. Thank you for all you do, being a beautiful voice of reason and encouragement to live our best lives. I love this. Thank you. I love that so much. So yeah, guys, please leave a five-star rating and review. It helps the show grow. But the goal of this podcast is to help you and to inspire you and to entertain you and to just be a little bright light in your lives. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Jess and Liv, welcome to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. Hello, thank you for having us. I want to hear your entire backstory, but the point of this 
episode is I'm super curious how you guys started as friends and now you're running a business together. And I'm always very interested in that dynamic. Like, how do you basically don't kill each other when you're starting a business? (laughs) Because it's, it's a very sensitive thing to start. So I would just first love to start with you guys whoever wants to start first about your background and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as Liv and I's friendship and then like working relationship goes, it was such a like natural evolution because we both started off modeling here in Miami, which is how we met. And then from there kind of became friends, started booking each other for a different job, started working together a lot, became influencers At one point, we also worked at a mortgage firm as corporate recruiters together. Um, So that was like our first like real taste of like working together. And then how old were you when you uh, met originally? How old were we? We're 27 now. 20? Yeah, because we we couldn't drink yet. Yeah, we were, I think 20. (laughs) 20, like still in college. And I mean, before we dropped out. <laughs> also together. Yeah. Um, and then after, you know, doing the whole mortgage firm thing, we ended up doing a podcast together, which is our podcast now, Whiskey and Water. Mm-hmm. And then after Whiskey and Water, which, you know, we never, you know, went into the podcast understanding how much of a business it actually was going to be. And I think that's really where we like solidified our working relationship just because there's so many decisions and like, you know, it was, it was such a, so much work, work, such a hefty project. And then from there, we launched our agency in 2021 (laughs) and we've been doing that for the last two years. And now we have also launched our (laughs) influencer assistant course together. We don't know how to do things apart. um, (laughs) But yeah, that's kind of short story of our, you know, evolution. No, I love that. And I first off, how did you guys realize that you work well together? Would you say that you guys are more similar to each other or you have different qualities that kind of complement each other? We're definitely similar in some like principle ways, like um, like our, a lot of character traits are very similar. Um, the things that we value in friendship and relationships and life, we definitely see eye to eye on. And I think that's why we are so close. But our personalities couldn't be more different. <laughs> like, we, <laughs> are whiskey. More about that. we are whiskey and water for a reason. And Okay, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Tell oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jess is whiskey and I'm very much water. <laughs> She's very okay. much whiskey. And even in the beginning, like, you know, she just was a lot had more aggressive tendencies and I had a lot more passive tendencies and I think in a lot of ways we helped dilute <laughs> each other down like you know she her just spending time with me kind of made her a little bit less aggressive and then me spending time with her really taught me how to like stand up for myself in situations more and speak up more so it I think there's a really good balance and based on like just how our friendship kind of developed and grew we really like it started very much on a work basis because we at the time I didn't have anyone else in my life who was kind of doing modeling and influencing so as soon as we connected through that like we I was like, oh my God, finally, someone like relates to what I'm doing. And we just related on so much, you know, trying to be influencers together and getting products and just shooting it and trying to get these collaborations, like just when influencing started to really blow up. Our friendship from the beginning always thrived in that work situation. You know, like she said, we were booking each other jobs. Like anytime a brand was like, hey, we actually need need another model for this. Do you have anyone in mind? We'd be like, yep, I got a girl. So we would Mm -hmm. would just constantly do that for each other. And yeah, from there, it just kind of thrived into the podcast. And the podcast was definitely like a big 
learning curve and big challenge for us. We had a lot of times where we didn't see eye to eye. We were butting heads. And I think we really ironed out like our communication skills through those two years and like going from having such a chaotic um, unsustainable system with producing the podcast. And then, you know, two years later, it turning into a very streamlined system, like all of the, you know, that took a lot of conversations and um, delegating, kind of just like figuring things out together the hard way, like it definitely wasn't easy. So I don't want anyone to think that like, you can just jump into a business with a friend and that it's like, woo, it's so mm-hmm. easy and fun. Like, no, we went through like, hell <laughs> to get to where we are now so i definitely don't want anyone to get like the wrong impression it's it's definitely a lot of work to get to a good place yeah i would love to stay here for a second and talk about the hell that you guys went through <laughs> and when you were experiencing these situations how did you learn how to communicate with each other because i feel like it's very difficult when you know you get along amazing on a personal level and then you just can't understand like how do you see this this way and i see it completely differently like how do you communicate in a way that you still have respect towards the person but also get your point across but also know when to back off so if you can kind of get back into that time and give me if any examples if you can for somebody listening that might be going through a similar situation yeah so one kind of conversation that definitely sticks out for me is that during the podcast we were like really only ever hanging out to like do the podcast and like to work. And it was like, yeah, I mean, it was also during COVID, um, you know, kind of early days of COVID. So it was really difficult. But I remember kind of feeling like I, I'm not finding joy in this anymore because it just feels like we're business partners and nothing else. And I don't feel like, yeah, I don't feel like I really have my best friend anymore. So I think that just approaching that conversation in a very vulnerable way and not like attacking anything or, you know, like people get very defensive and start taking things personally. But as long as you're vulnerable and you're like willing to openly communicate and also, you know, give the other person space to voice their thoughts authentically, then as long as you're like open to hearing the other person out and that person is open to hearing you out, I think that only constructive conversation can come from that because you guys aren't coming from a place of like attacking one another or taking things personally. Yeah. I mean, we had that conversation and like, honestly, from that moment on, like we were fine. And I think that it really also just boils down to our principles. Like Olivia said, like when you have the same principles you know, and at the root of everything, like you will find a common ground. It's not like we're not seeing eye to eye. And we would have never gone into this project had we not kind of fully trusted one another. Yeah. And I would say also a big thing for us that we often talk about on the podcast too, is like knowing each other's intentions. And that's something from the very beginning. It's like we can get into any fight about anything and we know that each other's intentions are always going to be pure. So whatever we're arguing about has to be a misunderstanding, you know, because I know that she would never do anything malicious to me and vice versa. So it's like when you have that baseline as the foundation of like, I trust this person that they love me and they care for me and they're only looking out for my best interest. And then when you have a business, the best interest of the business, there's so many conversations are out the window because it's not, I know they're not attacking me. I know they're not just coming for me in that way. So I think that helps tremendously when you just know each other's intentions are pure and solution oriented. I think like every conversation we have, it's less about blame and more about, okay, let's move on. Let's figure out a solution. Let's figure out how it's not going to happen again. And then done. Like we don't dwell on things at all. Like 
we no lesson no losses just lessons is a big thing for us and we kind of just like chalk it up and move on very quickly I love what you said that there's no like when you know each other's intentions and you know their intentions are pure and you know that that person is not going to hurt you so it's just a misunderstanding honestly I attempted to go into a few projects with some friends Mm -hmm. and it did not end well I'm very sensitive when it comes to like starting something with someone because I don't want to ruin the friendship I mean this is this is a great advice honestly just like you know it's coming from a good place and you know that it's that's not supposed to hurt you did you ever have those fears coming into all these projects together that you know maybe your friendship is not going to work out because you know also people move in together friends move in together and they're Mm -hmm. like okay I cannot be friends with you anymore yeah I will so yeah and that's totally fair and valid I think honestly starting the podcast together was probably the best type of project we could have started together because there's like really nothing on the line you know there's really no I mean we did have money invested in the beginning especially Mm -hmm. but it's it's a business in a lot of ways but it's not a business in a sense that it's like okay we're both investing this much money we want to make this much money like we went into a passion project together and I feel like that Mm -hmm. would be my best advice for friends who are thinking about getting into something together is like get into a project that maybe isn't a business first to learn each other's you know work styles and hash out those kinks that are inevitable and will come up because yeah like I said had we had our first business been the agency I don't know if it would have been so smooth honestly let's say you you're starting the podcast did you separate in a sense like okay you're going to be in charge of the creative you're going to be in charge of the technical or were you kind of doing everything together Yeah. So I think that another like one of the reasons why we work so well together is because we do have those complementary strengths. And we also just kind of took inventory of how everything was like what who was good at what, what we leaned towards, what we really didn't want to do and kind of either you know, delegated to one of us or outsourced it. You know, like one of the biggest things for us was that we immediately outsourced like the shit that we did not want to do. Like Mm -hmm. when it came to like editing the podcast and like filming and, you know, doing the audio, we went into it knowing let's not even play around with this because it's going to burn us out so fast. We know neither of us want to do it. And that was like, it was like our first time actually delegating something out and was probably like the best thing for us. And So yeah, I mean, I think just naturally, we just like (laughs) kind of know what each other is good at and what we don't like doing. And I'm like notoriously bad at like sending payments out or whatever it may be. Naturally, Liv does that. Or maybe Liv isn't as good at keeping up with the team. And I'm the one that does like the Monday check-ins or all balances each other out. It probably just comes from being friends for so long and understanding each other very well. And again, knowing each other's intentions, because I think a very slippery space that people get in is like... I'm doing more work than you. And I think we both know that we are always doing our best. And there's a lot of times throughout these businesses where we've hit complete burnout and we've dropped the ball on things. And it's like, we've checked each other in a way that's like, hey, I need more communication from you about like what can get done and what can't get done so I can plan accordingly. But it's never been like, you need to do better because we know we're both just doing Mm -hmm. our best. Like we're just trying to survive out here. Remember (laughs) to take a shower, remember to eat breakfast (laughs) and do, you know, all the projects that we're doing. For somebody who is working with their friend, or maybe it doesn't even have to be a friend, but they just want the other person to work a little harder. Mm -hmm. How would you deliver that 
or how would you communicate it in a way that it doesn't sound bitchy? Because honestly, I feel like I have an issue with delivering messages sometimes. And it's also like my European way. Like we're just yeah. like very straightforward. Yeah. If I feel like somebody's slacking, I'm going to be like, I mean, I'm not going to really say like what the fuck you're doing, but yeah. you know, that's going to be like, how do you not see that this is so important? How can you right. be like playing a game on your phone while you have a deadline in two hours? Oh, so how yeah. do you communicate in a way that's respectful, but also comes across as like, okay, I'm serious. I think, <laughs> I, think I can add to this conversation. I think that first and foremost, we have to like remove the ego when you're like, oh my God, I, you know, I've been working so much more than this person. You're getting mad, right? Like you're taking mm -hmm. it personally. You're saying, why is this person not working as much as I am? I think we start to make a lot of assumptions like, oh, they're lazy. What did I do? How did I get into this? But maybe they're just going through something or maybe they don't even realize that they're doing that. So mm -hmm. I think that removing the ego and taking a step back and saying, okay, let me, let me see how I can approach this in a conducive way to actually creating some constructive criticism rather than just like, starting an argument. And I think that you can just pull them aside and be like, hey, this this is just genuinely how I'm feeling. I want to have an open conversation about it. How do you feel about this? Do you Can you see where I'm coming from? Do you not see where I'm coming from? Maybe you have a blind spot yourself. Maybe you just feel like you're working more because you know, you're doing XYZ tasks and they're doing tasks that you feel like are less productive or whatever it might mm -hmm. be. So I think that, you know, not taking things personally and approaching it in a just genuinely constructive way is you'll never go wrong. Yeah. And on the flip side, for the person who's on the receiving end of it, I think it's really important to have a conversation like even before getting into anything with anyone is that open door policy and that open communication style. We're going to have hard conversations no matter what, and they're going to be sticky and they're going to be uncomfortable. However, let's we both have to be open to receiving constructive criticism. We both have to put our ego aside because it hurts. It stings naturally mm -hmm. when someone says like, hey, I need you to do better. It's like, oof, okay. <laughs> but also like being on the receiving end, make sure that, you know, you're putting your ego aside, hearing someone out. You can kind of agree to disagree, but you can always say like, okay, I'll try to do better. And that's all you can ask from someone, right? They try to do their best and that they're trying to be better and that they'll work on something. But it's definitely important for like both sides to have that open line of communication, put the ego aside and be ready to like just take that constructive criticism and move forward and like just grow from it. So you guys started as friends and then you started a podcast and now you're doing the agency. Tell me about the agency. Where, where did the idea come from? Tell me everything. Okay. So we started as mod it's like kind of like a pipeline, like a little pipeline yeah. that we went from Yeah, walk me through your life. <laughs> yeah. So we started as, you know, modeling together. And then we started our Instagrams really as a portfolio for our modeling that kind of naturally evolved into influencing. You know, we were growing our audiences, we were posting photos, it turned into influencing. And then through our influencing journeys, when we were talking to a lot of these brands, the need for UGC came about and which for those in the audience, it's user generated content. So that is just content that the brand needs for their socials, for their website, for email marketing that the influencer isn't posting. So ultimately, it's just content creation. So we kept getting that request over and over again, just started getting into photography at the time. And we looked at each other and we were like, I see a gap in the market here. Like brands keep asking for this. We are delivering it on the side as influencers. 
And we're like, I think there we can do something with this. So that's really where the idea started from. And we started the agency as a purely content creation agency. And then naturally that evolved to also doing social media management and influencer campaigns. So those are the three services that we offer right now. We have dabbled, you know, with the idea of becoming this full service marketing agency. And then we kind of got back to a place of let's hone in on the things that one, we love and two, that we're really good at, you know, and being in the influencer space, like we have insight on those three things and we know it really well. So we just really like dived into those things. And yeah, now we have clients and we have an amazing team of all women and it brings us so much joy and we absolutely like love doing it. It's great. So you decided, okay, let's do an agency. This is this is something that there's a gap in the market. And we want to put everything under one umbrella because I also see as an influencer, I've been in the space for, I don't know, 10 years, but I wasn't taking it as seriously as I was until like five years ago. And ever since I signed with my management, I felt like everything finally is making sense. Like I'm organized. I have, you know, a schedule. I know when I need to deliver some kind of content. And before when I was doing everything on my own, I was literally scatterbrained. Like I, I had a little notebook and I was like, okay, this day you need to do this. And I, it was, I was so disorganized. And I'm sure that whoever's listening and it might be in similar shoes can relate. Tell me more about like actually setting up the, the systems that you guys have today. Yeah. So when we first started being influencers and becoming influencers and getting these brand deals, we utilized a website called Trello. And that was where we kind of kept all of our collaborations and um, like the details about it. And, you know, in a very like kind of disorganized way and kind of had ju- have just like grown on those systems and built those systems out over the years. And so I remember I was getting like a lot of people who were trying to book me for, you know, this UGC. And then I was like constantly booking Olivia. It just like, it really just made sense. And so what we originally started as was just a content creation agency. So, you know, we were working on maybe one, maybe two content creation, you know, clients at a time. So it wasn't anything like too crazy for us to handle. And then at the time we did have our, our, assistant who her name is Kennedy, who was also our podcast kind of assistant manager. So she was our first mood employee because we were like, yeah, we don't want to handle, you know, all of the logistic sort of um, admin tasks. So Kennedy was working on both mine and Olivia's like personal stuff. She was working on the podcast and then she was also working on mood. And so from there, we also utilized Trello and that's kind of, and we're still on Trello. Like, started with it have are still on it and it's a really great like just you know task management platform i never use it we use notion is it similar to have you used notion before yeah we have and it is similar but i think trello is a little less in depth yeah i mean trello is just very like straightforward Mm -hmm. we're actually trying to get into notion so if you have any tips let us know Mm -hmm. no i actually Um, do we 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 do seminars on notion i can i can send it over please do please do we're trying to get into it um and trello has been great for us you know up until this point i never used trello yeah it's very simple but yeah we've just kind of kept it you know pretty simple and and you know we'd really try to automate as much as we can like we're constantly looking at the business and saying okay how can we become more efficient like we'll like run into an issue like three or four times and then we'll be like oh my god well what are we doing here like is there a way to automate this is there a way to make this easier and we kind of just go from there and i mean from the beginning our systems have gotten so, like so much better it's it's unreal just by kind of constantly taking inventory of where we're at and seeing how we can improve 
Yeah. And another thing that I would say makes a difference in like our our business model is that we very much since the beginning have not we've tried our best to kind of scale as we grow internally like as far as the amount of clients we can take on so because we are kind of so small we have such a small team you know we can't just take on 10 social media clients tomorrow so we do our best to you know once we get more business we need more help. So we'll at that point start to look to hire. We also work with seasonal interns, which has been really great. They support the agency a lot in miscellaneous tasks. And it's great because they are able to learn so much. And it's really cool. One of our interns we've hired as now like, you know, part of our team and we're looking to hire another one. So that's also a really cool feeling. And yeah, we've, we kind of just are trying to scale and grow at the same time because we don't want to have all these employees and not have enough business and then have Mm -hmm. so much business and then drop the ball on things and not be able to handle it. Yeah, I was about to ask, when do you know, let's say if you're working for yourself or you're trying to start a business on your own, how do you know when is the time to hire somebody to outsource certain things and be able to scale your business? But at the same time, do you have enough money? How do you make that decision? Because a lot of people who work for themselves are also very, let's say, detail-oriented or they have a certain way of editing their videos, they have Mm -hmm. a certain way of communicating and it's sometimes very difficult to outsource that. Like, for for example, with my podcast, I was doing everything myself in the beginning and then I luckily found somebody that I really liked their editing style and I found somebody to help me with like show notes and graphics and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, But it took a long time and I even hired some people in the meantime and I was like, this is just not going to work. Yeah, yeah, no, giving up that, control is a really hard first step to do and also Um, just add and also it's not cheap to just hire somebody especially if you're starting with something that is not really generating a lot of mm -hmm. money or no money at all yeah definitely i would say like if someone is trying to determine if they're ready definitely like financially look at what that investment would look like um and at some point you know your time and your bandwidth becomes more valuable to you than that amount of money, however much it is. Another point I want to make is I think a lot of people think in their heads that when they hire someone, it has to be for a full-time position or even a full part-time position, but that's not true. We have heard of assistants getting hired for three hours a week. Um, a lot of you know assistants through our course, we're saying that you can start with five hours a week and we're telling influencers, you can, only, you can hire for five hours a week. If you want someone to just do inbox management, if you want them to do one one hour a day, Monday through Friday, you can do that. There are assistants out there looking for, you know, freelance work who will gladly take that five hours so that they can build out their schedule. So they take you for five hours, another person for five hours, another person for 10 hours, and then they have, you know, they're working their way up to a full-time job. So it is possible. I think so many people are scared to make that investment because they're like, I can't afford to hire someone full-time. But, you know, you can start small and take those baby steps and kind of grow. And I think as, you know, aside from financially, I think just looking at your bandwidth and knowing the the power of delegating, like being on the other side of it and seeing how much time it's freed up for us to focus on other projects or, you know, create content on other platforms. Like there's, there's enjoy our lives, take showers. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like I can't express it enough. Like if we I see you guys love showers, I feel like that's like, well, a, no, that, I just, like a joke. I, in there. <laughs> there's been like, there's been times where we've been so burnt out that it's like, we can barely fit in it. <laughs> we can barely mm-hmm. 
fit it in. And I just, I see now in hindsight, the freedom that delegation has given us truly. And, you know, we wouldn't be able to do everything that we're doing if we didn't really leverage the power of delegation. So I think, you know, at some point you have to look at your, your day to day responsibilities. And yes, you know, there are great, there's great help out there. So, you know, like our current assistant now, I am so confident in the emails that she's writing that I'm like, I'm sleeping good at night. I'm like <laughs> eating good because I know I trust her so much, you know, because we trained her very well and she just kind of gets it. Aside from that, you do have to let go of a little bit of control, but that is worth the the mm-hmm. outcome, in my opinion. Let's say you're starting a podcast and you love talking to people, you love recording but you, let's say you hate the technical part. You hate sending the confirmation emails. You hate, like, there's so many things that you dislike doing that are going to help you do what you love, which is having a podcast. So sometimes all these annoying tasks, which are probably admin work, is going to suck the joy out of creating the podcast. And then at the end of the day, we're going to decide, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. This is just all way too much. And that happened to me at some point in the very beginning that I was like, I'm just doing everything. And I'm also, you know, with the podcasting, you have to create content for Instagram, TikTok, like there's so much work that goes into it. And then it can sometimes take the pleasure out of it. And I feel like that's kind of what happened with my makeup when I started being a makeup artist. I just loved doing makeup. And then when I realized how much work I was putting, you know, scheduling clients, going to the location, washing my brushes every every day between clients, like it, it just became all the work that comes on top of the passion project kind of took all the fun out of it. Yeah. And I think that every entrepreneur will hit that in whatever they're doing. I don't think that we, I mean, kudos to you if you do, but I don't think we all wake up every day, like ready to get the fuck after it. And like, (laughs) you know, like so incredibly inspired. Like we do it for like the moments of inspiration that like carry us through our projects. And like our podcast is still very much a passion project. And we're three, three years deep three years of like blood, sweat and tears. And like we do it because it fills our cup and because it fulfills us, not because we love like, you know, sending guest confirmations and all of these things. And I think again, kind of, you know, looping it back to delegation, like without delegating and without hiring out, we would be nowhere close to where we mm-hmm. are today because we we know that we hate doing that stuff. And mm-hmm to go into something and not expect to have days that you're very frustrated that you want to quit, it would just be silly. Like you have to understand that, you know, the good comes with the bad. When you have those days when you're feeling like shit, I had one of those days Monday. I just woke up in a really bad mood. And I feel like whenever I don't fill makeup first in the morning, if I don't do my like a morning walk or a workout or listen to a podcast or list or do anything for me my entire day, I feel like I'm just giving, 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 giving. And I feel like by 7pm, I was just crying for absolutely no reason. And also my hormones are going all over the place. I knew why I felt the way I felt. And I was very adamant to just stick to my morning routine and stick to the things that make me very happy. What do you do when you're feeling like, oh, I just don't want to do anything today, but you have to show up and you have to put a good face. Like, is there anything that you do, any routines, any tips or tricks? Well, I would say that first and foremost, you know, having a partnership is really incredible and really great because if either of us are not feeling up to it, the other one, like, like without question is like, you don't even have to show up today. Like take the day for yourself, do like exactly whatever you need to do, like show up however you can, like, because again, we really know that we're doing our best. 
But as far as like what we kind of do to get out of those ruts, I know that looks different for both of us. So I'll, you know, give my, live the mic afterwards. But I mean, for me, it's definitely being able to work out just because like the endorphins that you get from it. I just, I'm, I love working out. It makes me feel like so good about myself. It makes me feel like I've done one productive thing. And sometimes I, sometimes I can't work out. Sometimes like that's not what's going to serve me best. Sometimes I really need to like just be horizontal and be in bed, <laughs> like blinds down and like kind of not even think about work because like the idea of it like makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> it's just, you know, taking it day by day and also like pushing yourself. Let's say that you do want to stay in bed, but you feel like I know that if I got out of bed right now and like either worked out or like, you know, went on a walk, I know I would feel better. Do what's going to make you feel better. And I know it's like so much easier said than done. But if you know that you won't regret it, then do it. Because mm -hmm. if not, you will regret staying in bed all day because you're like, damn, I could have done this. You can only stay in bed if you know that you can't get out. But like if you have some sort of, you know, inkling inside of you that's like, I know that I would feel better right now if I did X, Y, Z, then, you know, find it in yourself to get up and do that. Yeah. And I think for us, for so many people, like self-care looks like you know, pampering yourself and beauty, but sometimes like self-care is staying the fuck in bed and other times self-care is getting the fuck out of bed and going to the gym and like the option that's going to serve you best isn't always the easiest to make. And I do like think that's a big distinction because a lot of times like we've had this conversation on the podcast too about like self-care can kind of sometimes turn into like self-sabotage where it's like you think that laying in bed all day is going to like be better for you, but really you're just like sabotaging yourself because if you get up and get moving like you'll get yourself out of the headspace i think boundaries are super important to have like you know when you do have so much on your plate because if you don't if you're not doing that one thing for you in the morning the rest of your day you're resenting work and like for me it's a big thing about cleaning like my house like if my house is a disaster i am in such a bad headspace to work because i'm automatically like wow i'm working so much that i can't even clean my house like that just subconsciously in the back of my head and then it makes me resent work because i'm like i'm working too much my house can't even be clean so for me like keeping my space tidy is is really helpful for me to keep like a good headspace and then aside from that if I'm feeling stuck or in a bad headspace I always journal journaling is a big thing for me it helps kind of ground me it helps get me back to my baseline of just like operating from a place of gratitude and abundance versus like scarcity and another thing that I just constantly remind myself of this is a big thing this like gets me through a lot of shit is I tell my like if I'm not looking forward to a photo shoot or a meeting or whatever shooting a campaign for for influencing like I always tell myself I don't have to do this I get to do this and that's a huge thing for me and even if it's like grocery shopping like I don't have to grocery shop I get to grocery shop and I just think of so many people who don't get to do that for themselves or so many people who would die to call their work day a photo shoot and they mm -hmm. can't you know because they're going into an office to a job that they hate so that always brings me back to like a place of gratitude and that once I'm there, my whole outlook on my day changes. There's so many things that you said here that I was like, wow, that's so true. First off, the self-care and self-sabotage sometimes can interwine because you think that, okay, maybe I just need a full day in bed and maybe you do, but maybe you just need an hour. You don't need seven hours yeah, and scrolling totally. through your phone. It, yeah. It turns into sabotage real quick. I know that when I'm trying to, I'm really, really trying to 
consume less content mm -hmm. because often yeah. you're like you're, you're you're pretending like you're doing market research but at the <laughs> yeah. same time you're just like scrolling and you're down a rabbit hole you shouldn't be down <laughs> last night okay last night i was on tiktok and i saw a video of this girl she had like an, a video about her eyebrows something totally and i was like oh that's interesting 20 minutes later i knew her dog's name i'm like yeah why? it's always like that <laughs> i i love that like self-care self-sabotage that makes so much sense and also the get to do something instead of having to do something is so true so my boyfriend and i we live together and we work from home and we're like in each other's space all the time and sometimes you know we're like yelling at each other like oh my god i have a podcast like you can't be on a call right now you know it's sometimes hard to coordinate and the other day he was in an uber and he was talking to his uber driver and they were just talking about like work and stuff i guess my boyfriend told the uber driver that he's coming back home and he works at home and he's with his girlfriend throughout the whole day and the uber guy he was like that's my dream. It's my dream to be with my partner all day, every day. He's like, you're such chills. a lucky man. Whenever we're like bickering or something, we're just like, remember the Uber driver. Remember that. Like I we need to remember. That. No, that is such a good reminder. And, you know, as much as it sucks to like have to find joy in comparing yourself to like who have people who have yeah. less or, you know, don't have your situation. It, it is such a helpful kind of tool to like keep in your tool belt of we live like in, you know in a city in Fort Lauderdale every time we drive anywhere we even you know we see people who are experiencing homeless homelessness mm -hmm. and even that's like such a reminder every day to just be so grateful for like the car that we're sitting in and the water that we're drinking next to us you know we are we're, we live such blessed lives and you know we always are reminding each other of that too like the fact that we were on a boat Tuesday at 11 30 a.m we're like what is this life like we mm -hmm. are we always are reminding each other like we are so blessed and like never forget it and never take it for granted I love that you guys feel like you have a really good head on your shoulders and you work well together and you're appreciative of the work that you do and I would love to hear more about the influencer assistant tell me more about that is there an is it a course is it a what is that exactly yeah, so it's an influencer's assistant course. So essentially, we're teaching women and others how to become influencer assistants, because obviously, you know, we like we really like grew up in this space. And we've had multiple assistants throughout our, you know, journeys as being influencers, because, you know, I think that what kind of has set us apart as influencers and something that people have always kind of come to us for is like, we treat influencing as a business. It was never like really a hobby for us. It was always like, all right, we see this and we see like the potential it has. Like we're treating this as like a full-time business and, you know, we're full-time influencers. So we, you know, wanted to hire out help and we've had, you know, collectively between the both of us, I think around eight assistants in our lifetime, um, just start to finish. And we realized upon hiring each of these people, like they were really, really great. And like, they were really organized people, smart people, intelligent people. But the influencer industry is such a new industry. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a baby when it comes down to it, that unless you're in it yourself, it was really, really hard to understand like the mm -hmm. deliverables, the negotiations, the contracts, like, it's just like, it's essentially speaking a different language. So we were having to just like train, 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 teach, teach, teach. And like, it wasn't something that we had the bandwidth for because like, we're essentially teaching someone years and years of, you know, worth of experience. So we were driving one day in California and we were like cracked out on coffee and we were like, dude, 
dude, we, there's like a gap in the market here. We can teach people how to do this because we've taught so many people. And this really like came to fruition once we had like almost like perfected the position. And we realized we're like, okay, wait, we have this incredible assistant right now who is like fucking killing it. Like Is that we, Kennedy or somebody else? So we had to end up shifting Kennedy only onto the podcast and then on mood. And then mm-hmm. we found ourselves a new assistant, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of just like the evolution of every single one of our employees. Like they end up like working for us, but then they end up working for like mood or the course or the podcast. But yeah, Kennedy was incredible. And, you know, she, she did her thing, <laughs> but mm-hmm. we, you know, had to find new people and then train them from there. So you know, eight, around eight assistants later, we realized we're like, wait, why is she so good? And how can we like literally never let her go ever again? Mm -hmm. And it was because one, we had like spent so much time, like really perfecting our systems and automating everything and like kind of having like a standard operating procedure, essentially, like everything that they would need, we like kind of had written out for them. And then additionally, basically like our, our final assistant who really kind of you know, made, she made the course with us and kind of inspired us to make the course, um, is our assistant, Anna, who Anna has now moved on to her own thing. And we have a new assistant (laughs) who graduated from our course, but Anna was really incredible. And it's because she was a micro influencer. So she had already understood the entire industry. Like she knew, you know, things that we didn't even know. And like, she knew how to pitch us to brands. And like, she came into the role and like, needed the most minimal training, just because she understood everything. And we were like, okay, this is it. This is the sweet spot. We can teach people exactly how to do this without having to be an influencer themselves. And so with Anna's help, we developed the course. And I think it's really, really special because we have the perspective of the assistant and we have the perspective of the influencers. So we can really kind of like piece together those two things and have a really full scope sort of course that teaches people A to Z, everything that you need to know on how to be an influencer's assistant. If you can point out five qualities that an influencer assistant should have that are very specific to the industry. So let's skip through like it has to be organized. She has to be, you know, on top of her emails. Is there anything specific that you can point out? Yeah. To make, you know, I wouldn't say these are like you have to, but in the course we have a lesson about how to be an irreplaceable assistant. And I think these are the things that would make someone irreplaceable. One, I think it really helps that Anna was chronically online, (laughs) which basically means that they are online. They are consuming content because that made her so on the pulse of trends and what was going on. And we, what something that we teach is creating trend lists for influencers because that was something that also was a pain point for Jess and I when we were trying to, you know, make TikToks is that we'd sit there and scroll and try to save and whatever. And we're like, market research. <laughs> we're, yeah, market research. <laughs> and then we realized, like, wait, we could delegate, like, TikTok sourcing like as and I remember having that thought and being like no that is no I at first I was like that's too silly to delegate like I even was telling myself I was gaslighting myself I was like no that is just too silly like I can't pay someone to scroll through TikTok and find trends for me to do that's ridiculous and then here we are we're teaching people how to do that Mm -hmm. and create a trend list to send to their influencers you know with the sound and with an idea 
of what they think the on-screen video could be. And obviously, you know, there it takes a little bit of trial and error. You have to know your influencer. You have to know aspects of their life that you can apply these very like random trends to. But it's so helpful. So go reeling it back in, like being chronically online is really helpful because you're just on the pulse and you just you understand what's trending and you just kind of are getting it. Two, understanding, yeah, like basic terminology and vocabulary of the industry. We have a whole lesson about that because we realized there's stuff like whitelisting and like and that's in the contract. And if you are having to explain that to the assistant, it's like we're wasting time here. Like they gotta know what that is. They gotta know how much I'm charging and for how long I'm charging it for. So definitely like understanding just the terminology. Um, when it comes to terminology, I'm just gonna add something here. Mm-hmm. I can't stand when somebody that I work with is asking me a question they can figure out themselves. Oh, if you can just Google whitelisting, if you can't figure it out on your own, I don't need you because I can just do it myself. And again, I think this is coming from me, you know, being here on my own and just doing everything myself. It blows my mind when somebody's asking me the most... I don't know. And like, you can just literally just Google it. By the time you were yep. typing this out or like asking mm-hmm. me, you could just put that in Google and, and that figure was, it out yourself. That exact problem is what we ran into so many times with our assistants. So again, something where we drive home in the course is like, be resourceful. Do not waste their time. They're hiring you to make their life easier, not harder. So be resourceful, you know, figure it out. Google is a beautiful thing and be solution oriented as well. Like don't present problems to your influencer. Say, hey, this is a situation. Here's two solutions that we, this is two ways we can go about it. Which would you prefer? Done. Like, you know, so that's another thing that we, it's, it's hard because I almost feel like either someone has that or they don't. But again, something in the course that we drive home is like get into that mindset. Like before you even ask a question, ask yourself, can I figure this out myself? Am I going to spend less time figuring this out myself? So yeah, being resourceful, being solution oriented, obviously being organized and having great communication. We also say like, there's no such thing as over communicating, run things by us. Let us know where you're at with this. Let us know where you're at with that. Like it just, it never hurts. And also just knowing how to communicate those things in a way that is helpful versus like, again, creating more work for the influencer. Oh, I love that. So if somebody wants to be an influencer assistant, they can reach out to your agency and go through the course or something So like the that, agency right? and the course are kind of two separate entities. For the mm-hmm. course, our business is called Socially Ambitious and we are planning on releasing more digital products through that. So they're very much two completely separate things. We have Mood, the agency, mm-hmm. we service brands. And then Socially Ambitious, we're serving creators, um, you know, people who are aspiring to be in the industry, people who want to learn how to be influencers, assistants, and they can, yeah, they can find us on on Instagram as Socially Ambitious. Check out our website. On the website, we, we thought it would be helpful to have a very transparent deep dive of every single lesson in the course. So we have that so people can see, you know, what they're getting into. A lot of it, you know, if they're super new to the, to the industry might not completely make sense. But I think it's really helpful for people who even are a little bit more familiar because they'll see things that they recognize and be like, oh, awesome. I've been wanting to learn about that. This was amazing. I feel like I even learned so much and I will absolutely talk to you more offline about uh, finding an assistant yes. <laughs> because 
I feel like whenever I'm working with someone and they are just not showing me that go-getter energy and they're not like, I remember when I was assisting back when I was in the makeup space, I was like, I'm going to do it for free. I will stay. I will stand on the set. I will be on set for 12 hours. I just want to be there. I just want to be around all these like amazing people. And I just want to see what you're doing. And I feel like a lot of people who are Gen Z or, you know, younger generations, they don't have, I don't know if I'm wrong, but like, I feel like they don't have that drive and that like, I just want to be in the room. I mean, it's different because, you know, growing up in different generations, we all have different like sort of values and, you know, Gen Z is definitely its own little fucking monster. And I think that we do err on the side of like zillennials, you know, cause we're like not quite millennials. We're definitely not quite Gen Z. Um, <laughs> but we've like the majority of our interns are Gen Z and our, and our team is Gen Z. And honestly, like they're really incredible and they just, mm -hmm. you know, like they get things, but it does take a lot of, you know, sifting through like when, you know, whenever we're doing these intern interviews and applications, like we definitely have to sift through a lot of, you know, different people. And there's a certain level of like even entitlement in a lot mm -hmm. of these things. But, you know, we can't really speak to whether or not that's, you know, occurred with, you know, the millennials as well, which I mean, I think we all remember growing up, boomers would talk so much shit about millennials. <laughs> and so, I mean, I'm sure everyone has their little quirks. Well, ladies, this is amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. Please share your socials all the companies that you guys have, podcast, <laughs> everything. All right, we're going to be here for a second. <laughs> so um, my Instagram is at the Jessica Experience and Olivia's is at Olivia PW, like password. And then let's let's run down the businesses. So we've got Whiskey and Water, which is our podcast. You guys can find us on Apple, Spotify. We also do YouTube. And then we have our agency, which is at Mood, the agency, where we do like social media management, influencer campaigns, um, things of that nature. And then we have our course our influencers assistant course which is at socially ambitious and yeah that just about wraps it up thank you so much for having us this was such an amazing conversation and it was just such an honor to be here with you today of course i'm gonna put everything in the show notes so people can find you and yeah thank you again this was amazing yay thank you bye guys bye <laughs>